When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. To the NFL Mocks Podcast. I am your humble host, Brooks Dawson. As always, we're coming to you live from the always beautiful Atlanta, Georgia. And you know what it is. We've got a great show for you guys playing tonight. We will be joined by NFL Draft prospect Blake Cashman, linebacker out of the Minnesota football team there. Played for the Golden Gophers. Uh, former walk-on defensive back, right? Made his uh, hay, if you will, as a special teams player there in Minnesota. Uh, we'll learn all about his story to uh, eventually leading into being about a third to fourth round NFL draft prospect here uh, in the 2019 NFL draft class. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, if you haven't already, please like, subscribe, rate, and review. That's how your boy gets paid. Uh, we appreciate you guys for doing that. And also, if you haven't already, please check out our latest episode. That's the Saturday special uh, where I give you my 2019 NFL Draft first team offense. Break it down in 11 personnel. For those of you who don't know 11 personnel, that is one tight end, one running back. That means there's three wide receivers available on that list and on that podcast. So feel free to check that out over on NFLMocks.com. I uh, did a full write-up on it as well as the podcast we did uh, and released this Saturday or this previous Saturday. Uh, so if you guys feel free to enjoy that. Uh, and again, like, subscribe, rate, and review. We appreciate you for listening. Without further ado, we'll get into this interview with Blake Cashman, linebacker out of Minnesota. We appreciate him for joining us. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Ladies and gentlemen, today on the NFL Mocks podcast, we are joined by a very special guest, Blake Cashman, linebacker from Minnesota, played there for the Golden Gophers. He played 48 career games at Minnesota at the linebacker position where he tallied over 183 tackles, 31 tackles for loss, and 12 sacks just for the hell of it. The former walk-on turned NFL draft prospect, Blake Cashman. Blake, man, I really appreciate you for joining us here on the NFL Mocks podcast, brother. Thank you. I'm, uh, I'm ready to get started. No doubt. All right. So, Blake, you know, I, do, I like to do a little bit of research 
on all our guests. We pride ourselves here on the NFL Mox Podcast in doing that. And for players such as yourself, uh, that always starts by turning on your high school highlight tape just kind of to figure out what kind of player you were uh, before, you know, the national spotlight might have been brought uh, to your attention. And I've got to say, Blake, I don't know much about Minnesota high school football, uh, but the level of play seemed pretty quality uh, to me. So what are your thoughts on Minnesota high school football? Fill us in for those that don't know much about the scene there in Minnesota. What's that all about? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would start off by saying uh, it seems like a lot of people don't give uh, Minnesota high school football a lot of respect, uh, but there are a lot of great players that come out of the state. Uh, there's a lot of great players that go on to play professionally. Um, you know, one thing I've noticed since I've gone to college and I've paid more attention to uh, recruiting is uh, how many, how much talent uh, Minnesota uh, loses to schools around um, Minnesota, like mm-hmm. Nebraska, Iowa, Wisconsin. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, being a Minnesota Gopher, that's one thing that I hope to see one day. And I think it's we are going to start seeing that real soon uh, with our new head coach, P.J. Fleck, there, is that uh, we're going to start getting all that talent. But, um, I think, you know, uh, like I said, there's a lot of talent. It's, it's definitely a shorter season than other places. Uh, you only play eight regular season games. Hmm. Um, but it, uh, you definitely have uh, a lot of good athletes, a lot of good players, and uh, kids that are uh, hard workers. Most definitely. So, I mean, is that eight-game season more due to, like, inclement weather? I mean, towards the end of football season, I'm sure Minnesota's got several inches, maybe even feet of snow on the ground. Is that maybe due to why you guys only play eight games up there in Minnesota? Uh, yep. Uh, and then, so you play the eight games and you play maybe two cold playoff games. And then you go to the state tournament, which is played at, uh, us bank stadium where the Vikings are at. Um, that's all indoors, but it definitely because of the weather and, um, how cold it starts to get, uh, at that time of the year. And it gets cold fast. I got you. So, I mean, you guys had, I mean, you had a really, really successful high school career, correct? I mean, four state titles in a row. Uh, where are those rings at? And uh, why didn't you guys feel the need to let anybody else win some in high school, Blake? <laughs> uh, well, we, uh, it's a tradition when I go to high school that, um, you know, winning's a standard. And, and uh, I got those rings stored away at my parents' house. Uh, one day, you know, maybe I'll get a nice little box for them. Uh, with a clear top, put them in a man cave somewhere. But I, uh, yeah, I definitely enjoyed, uh, you know, always winning every year. It definitely made things uh, easier. But uh, like I said, it was uh, it was expected from our, our coaches. It was expected from our fans and the schools. So uh, every year, you know, we always felt like we were the hardest working team, the most prepared team, and it, it definitely paid off. And we have a, a legend as a high school coach, Mike um, Grant, um, who's uh, really well-known and respected. So he's him and his staff have done a great job with all the players there, and uh, it showed over the years with how much success we've had. Is there any relation there to uh, famous Vikings head coach Bud Grant? There, um, yep, that's uh, his dad. Oh, well, dad, holy hell. So that guy's been there forever. I know Bud Grant's in, what, his, his 70s, 80s? And that, that's his dad, and you played for him. That's incredible. Um, or are you saying Bud Grant's his dad? Bud Grant, yeah, <laughs> is Mike Grant. I was about uh, to dad. say. So Mike Grant oh, is yeah. the son of Bud Grant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, so for anyone who might have dug deep enough, Blake, as I did, to find out that you played corner 
in high school. I'm curious, um, what was it like making that switch from corner uh, there all four years in high school and uh, briefly uh, there in your freshman year at Minnesota to being asked now to play linebacker um, there in your early career? What kind of, uh, you know, things did you have to change about your aspect and your approach to the game, making that switch from the outside all the way into the box with those big guys? Uh, in high school, it was a very easy uh, switch. I, I just felt like, um, you know, being closer to the ball in the box, it allowed me to make plays a lot faster. And I felt like I was involved in more plays uh, than being on one side of the field. And I, I had a lot of fun doing it, and I'm glad I made the switch. But it, there was really a difference when getting moved from safety to linebacker in college just because at that level – uh, Division one football, you have to uh, know a lot more and um, you got to be really uh, smart and fast with your reads. So uh, when, when you come closer down to the box, you definitely have to understand what your job and assignment is because uh, there's not much room for hesitation. When you're a DB, you, you can kind of see how everything, uh, how everything opens up and where your uh, gap that you need to fill in. And it's a lot easier to make adjustments as you come downhill. But at the linebacker spot, you don't always have that, that luxury. I got you. So from what I can tell um, from your senior year of high school, uh, you may have listed yourself as 6'2", 200 pounds even, um, but the film tells me you are about 190 pounds soaking wet. And then we show up at the combine four years later um, around 237 pounds. So, you know, you put on about 40 pounds, uh, of good weight, it seems like to me, uh, your time there at Minnesota. Um, so to me, was the question, uh, Blake, is was it kind of easy for you to put on that weight, um, and and what was your you know uh, tactic in terms of uh, attacking that mission to to get bigger? Yeah, the the, uh, the weight was very steady. It was very. Uh, I thought it was good weight that I put on, and it wasn't too hard for me. Uh, especially in like the weight room and, you know, being disciplined and uh, getting all your work that you needed to do in there. Uh, but the, I would say the hardest part is just being strict with uh, your diet and making sure you're getting enough meals and calories uh, in a day. Cause there's times where, um, you, you know, you're not that hungry or you, you, you got a busy day. You're on the, you're on the go and you got all these things to do, but you got to make time for uh, your meals because, um, as an athlete or football player, you've got to have the right amount of calories each day. So I felt like that was the the, the hardest part. Um, but as every football player t- will tell you, uh, eating is part of the job. So uh, that was something I really had to learn fast was to stay disciplined with my eating habits. All right, so walk me through it. We get, we get done with our freshman year. We just played a little bit of safety, uh, played some special teams and whatnot. And then coach says, Blake, we're going to need you to start playing linebacker. Uh, we need you to put on about 15, 20 pounds of solid muscle. Take me through a day of eating in the life of Blake Cashman uh, during Bulkin season. Yeah. Uh, well, I, uh, there's a lot of uh, protein shakes involved, but uh, I would get up in the morning. Uh, a lot of times I would have, uh, like, eggs and oatmeal. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so I'd probably have four meals a day, and in between each meal I'd have uh, uh, a snack. But, yeah, to get up, have, like, eggs and oatmeal. Uh, then I'd have, like, uh, two PB&Js and a banana. Ugh. And then maybe uh, that would be my snack. And then for lunch, I would have uh, – it was really whatever the team was serving. But yeah. say it was, um, you know, deli sandwiches with uh, fruit 
in trail mix or something. And then I would have, uh, you know, we had these things called like protein balls, uh, which were really good. It was like peanut butter, granola, chocolate chips. Uh, so I'd have maybe that. And uh, for a snack, then I'd have dinner and that would be whatever uh, we were being served. Then I would have another snack and then I would probably, I would usually right before bed, well, third minutes before bed, I would have a PB&J or two and a protein shake. Oh, man. Your your poor digestive, uh, you know, system, man. I mean, I was a football oh, it, player. It, it hurts sometimes. But. Yeah, I mean, I, I was a football player, obviously, too. Um, you know, I, I des- definitely didn't need to be walking around at 300 pounds to play center like mm-hmm. I did. So I, I, I didn't eat it, you know, and put it on as well as, uh, you know, a Division One athlete would have. Um, you know, Division Two athletes aren't really handed a meal program uh, such as you guys, so it requires a lot more discipline. But, um, you know, discipline in general uh, to eat, you know, what it sounds like seven or eight meals uh, in a day is required. I mean, you're sitting there talking about a snack being two peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and a friggin' mm-hmm. banana. Um, most people in the modern world, or, you know, in the average everyday citizen's life, um, considers that well more than a full meal. So, uh, no, I definitely understand you there. So, my question, Blake, is uh, I need you to tell me a little bit about the Tinsley Award there in Minnesota. You won it twice. Um, yeah. So, I guess, why do you think you're so good at embracing the underdog, underdog bravado, that role and story there? I think uh, because ever since day one when I stepped on a campus and became a gopher, uh, as a walk-on, I always – uh, you know, with everything I did carried a chip on my shoulder and uh, made sure that each day I was um, becoming a better version of myself, no matter what it was, whether it was on the practice field, in the weight room, uh, in the classroom. I always felt like I needed to be um, proving myself and to others that I can need to continue to get better. And it just uh, made me a very uh, gritty, hardworking, determined young man. And uh, it never, it never stopped, and uh, I think that's what really, you know, coming from a walk, I really paid off as I started to play more and uh, into my sophomore year, and I started playing well and making big plays, and you know, these plays were really impacting the game. So uh, that really started to build my confidence. But I always remained uh, the same uh, person and uh, player I was when I walked in uh, day one of being a Minnesota Gopher. Yeah, so zero stars out of high school, right? I mean, you kind of attested to it there. Not, not, no offers, really, either. Uh, so what type of motivation does that still give you to this day? Um, do you still have that chip on your shoulder? It sounds like you do, even after a season where you have 104 tackles um, and, and, and have all this success you have there your, your senior year at, at uh, Minnesota. Yeah, absolutely. I remind myself every day to um, continue to – carry myself with the same mindset and uh, that I had day one because, uh, you know, my roots and what started all this is what got me here. And uh, I'm a firm believer that I have everything it takes to, you know, make a career out of football, but I got to continue to go back to how it all started. And that was day one with just my mentality and my approach to everything. And and if I continue to use that, that's what will allow me to continue to play football uh, for as long as I can. So that's something I, I, I really like. I put as number one uh, important thing that I need to you know be thinking about is just um, you know what started all this and like what where it came from because 
um, that's the only thing that's going to keep me going and uh, not let me get complacent uh, um, or maybe too confident. So uh, I like to remain humbled and uh, continue to be that uh, chippy, hardworking walk-on that you know started this whole process. You know, I was waiting to hear uh, that little Minnesota accent play its role in this interview, and it took 13 <laughs> minutes in with the word roots. We heard a little roots there uh, from the Minnesotan. Um, so that's, that's pretty interesting. I like that, man. I, I always, you know, I got told the other day, I live down here in Atlanta, uh, Blake, and I got told the other day I have a northerner's accent and was asked if I was from up north, and it's the first time it's ever happened in my life. Um, I just always you know, find it fascinating. Um, you know, I'm a talker for a living. I, I enjoy talking to humans and, and conversing in general and uh, always found it fascinating that we speak the same language um, totally differently. Um, yeah. And how I, I understand you guys are close to the northern border, but how mm-hmm. Minnesota just like adopted Canadian uh, interlet or, you know, uh, language almost in a sense and slang is also fascinating to me. Um, anyways, uh, that's a little sidetrack there. How tired were you after the Northwestern game? Blake, 20 tackles, two and a half tackles for loss, and a damn sack to boot, brother. Um, you damn near did everything that game. Uh, how many ice baths did we take the following week? I, uh, I, was, I was very sore after the game. I, I really wasn't that tired. I, I, I was running with um, you know, so many different emotions throughout the game and then even afterwards because it was my last time playing in TCF Bank Stadium. It was the last time I was going to play in front of um, – you know, so many of my family and friends that travel to all of my home games, uh, you know, since being not too far from the Twin Cities in Minneapolis. And, uh, you know, it, it was it was senior day and I, I wanted to, you know, end with a positive note on a positive note. And we ended up losing uh, a close game. So after the game, like I, I was very um, upset. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really wanted that win. But, um, you know, I was. I, I, I play well, and it gave me a lot of confidence going into uh, our next game against Wisconsin, who we hadn't beaten in a long time. So uh, it, it kind of like just you know was very motivating to look forward into the next week. But yeah, <laughs> let me tell you, I was I got back to my room. And I just sat on my couch for hours, and I could not move because my body was banged up. It, it takes about two or three days to kind of. Uh, for you your know, body just to kind of yeah, decompress, they kind of heal and yeah. you feel uh, fresh again. It feels like you've been put through a car accident, to be honest. That's the only way I've ever uh, described it, uh, Blake, to people who ask me what college football is like. Um, to which I respond uh, to that, Blake, have you ever actually been in a car crash, like a real one? I have not. Okay, well, as someone who, you know, got done playing his 18-year football career and then immediately, like, that spring got in, a, like, a fairly – uh, you know, large car accident, yep. totaled a vehicle. Um, I'll just go ahead and let you know football's way worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's way faster. It's way more impactful. And it definitely hurts way worse the next day. Um, and that's just, that's just my take on that. So even d- describing it as a car crash, uh, you and I probably need to put our brains together and figure out an even more <laughs> impactful and, uh, and frightening way to describe that to the average listener. So, my next question for you, Blake, is how much do you think your history of playing defensive back helps you in your drops now at the linebacker position? We all know where the linebacker position is heading in the NFL. We know it's a passing game. Um, how does your history, again, at the defensive back position help you uh, I, moving forward? I think it's helped me a great deal just because 
uh, there was so many days and so much time I put into doing uh, defensive back footwork, uh, matching up with uh, you know receivers that are probably uh, better athletes than me or more uh, uh, you know fat they're faster, they got more skill. So uh, to have that experience and uh, to actually have those reps, uh, I think has really helped me because when you bring that over to the linebacker position where you're not necessarily matched up on on guys that are uh, you know a speedy really athletic receiver and you're going against running backs that aren't as familiar with running routes or big lengthy tight ends it, it, it definitely makes it easier to guard them um, but as everyone knows you know as you go into the NFL they're, they're, we're starting to see a lot of tight ends that are uh, not only big and lengthy, but they're very receiver-like, um, very fast. But um, still, you know, it's all about – in football, it's all about repetition and us seeing uh, things and going through those motions, which, you know, builds muscle memory. It, it builds familiarity and, and definitely helps you uh, in, you know, game-like situations. Yeah, I think you're 100% right there. I mean, the tight end uh, position in, uh, in specifically – um, is definitely moving more towards the Evan Ingrams of the world and the Noah Fants of this world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the days of Rob Gronkowski being a, a super dominant blocking tight end are probably uh, no longer here. Those are more specialized. Guys like Nick O'Leary are in the league to block. Uh, guys like Noah Fant and Evan Ingram are in the league to catch. Every once in a while yeah. you'll have a TJ Hawkinson uh, come through, uh, and he'll get drafted really high for that reason because he's balanced in both attacks. But uh, you're definitely correct there. You've got to be an athlete in space at the NFL level, and uh, you're definitely one of those, Blake, so it's going to look good uh, translating to the next level in the NFL. So everyone that's interviewed up to this point since the Combine has probably asked you a litany of questions about whether or not you you know, were surprised in your Combine test results. And to me, man, that's a pretty silly damn question. Uh, not only because the film's the film, right? It's pretty clear mm-hmm. that you're, you, you run well in space. You are going to run well. That, the film lets everyone who watches it knows that. Um, but you definitely ran all those drills also, a, you know, 4,000 times before you even got mm-hmm. to the combine. So you, of all people, definitely weren't surprised uh, with what you put down at the combine uh, with the 4 5 40, uh, and whatnot. So my question to you is an easy one here, Blake. Uh, what are some things that you can do that might uh, surprise the common folk uh, outside of your athletic ability? Maybe, uh, you know, a hobby that you're randomly good at or a sport that you're randomly good at. Uh, what's something that the, the people might not know as they obviously didn't know that you were a superior athlete? Uh, I'm a pretty good pool player to start. I love pool. That's, you know, something that I, uh, I definitely want in my house one day when I get a house. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm just like, uh, I'm, I'm, as far as the question of just general things outside of football and being an athlete, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good at, you know, anything like, like small, like backyard games, whether it be, um, you know, bag tossed or, uh, Horseshoes oh, or whatever. Yeah, we're talking uh, a little. We're talking a little cornhole. Yeah, little, yeah, 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 yeah. I so feel spread, you. But um, any of those, like you know, small backyard game type deals, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm always up 
for anybody that wants to challenge me in one of those games. Why do you think people were so surprised, Blake, uh, when you laid down the 4-5-40? Is it because you think they hadn't had a chance to maybe evaluate your film, or uh, is it just kind of the standard we expect? Uh, I mean, I, I bet people were probably expecting to see maybe a 4-6-8, a 4-7-1, and then you come out and lay a 4-5 flat. Um, definitely turn some heads and put some more eyes on your film, which is always a good thing. Um, but where do you think that, uh, you know, shock uh, and awe might have come from? I think uh, it comes from people listening too much to uh, all these um, – you know, people that write up uh, projections mm-hmm. on players and talk about their strengths and speed. And I'm not somebody that pay attention to that stuff because, uh, you know, they're not the ones with you putting in uh, the work and seeing your, your progress. And there's so many uh, different players and people that need to be evaluated that a lot of times people can get those things wrong. Um, but, you know, like for this, the general public and fans, they, they read that stuff and, mm-hmm. and – uh, there was many people that said I would had pedestrian-like athleticism. I'll never forget that quote. And uh, they, they said I was a very, you know, average player with average speed. So like, when you constantly see, you know, those kind of uh, comments with my name, I think people expected me to be a lot uh, slower than I was. But I had all the confidence in the world. Like you said, I had uh, been trained for – Two and a half months, I had been doing those reps every day, every week, and uh, I wasn't even that nervous to go do my measurables at the combine. I was just super excited because I I was confident I was going to do well, and I was uh, excited to prove people wrong and show people what I'm capable of of doing, and um, I ended up doing well, which was great. Um, but I definitely think it's just because of those, uh, what people read on social media or the internet uh, on all these, you know, analysis on players is my guess. I got you. All right, 37 and a half inch vertical. Uh, I've got to ask you, Blake, what kind of hooper are you? Ooh, well, I, I'd say my style of game has changed over the years. I, I went from being a... Uh, kind of finesse point guard that would more just distribute the ball okay. to kind of like a, I don't know, like a more like a, a undersized bruiser. Like because I was Ooh. stronger than a lot of okay. uh, people in high school basketball, mm-hmm. uh, even though I was shorter, but I could still move people in my body. So, um, you know, I, I'm definitely somebody that likes to penetrate the paint and use my body. All right, sounds good. I mean, definitely a finisher at the hole, it sounds like, uh, yes. is Blake Cashman. All right, so you cut your teeth early at Minnesota by making a lot of plays on special teams. Is that something you think might you might have to do again at the next level, and is it something that you enjoy and might be looking forward to, my man? Yeah, without a doubt. I think that's what helps kind of give me an edge maybe over other players is that I do have a lot of special teams tape and that the tape is uh, pretty good, so – uh, just having, you know, like I talked about earlier, just having those reps and experience of playing on all teams and doing it well uh, is definitely will pay off just because a lot of young players in the NFL need to be able to uh, play special teams. And that's kind of like a, a big factor on if you make the 53-man roster or not. So uh, I think that definitely helps me. And I, I do enjoy doing a lot. Uh, I, you know, I played a lot 
of special teams my freshman through uh, junior year and then senior year uh, they were never planning on taking me off the field so they were cutting me back on special teams and I you know did not want to do that I told my special teams coordinator to keep me on um, but they they told me I had to choose two of them uh, just going to take reps off my legs but uh, I, I enjoy doing it it's really fun and uh, I'm ex- I'm truly excited to get back to. So what'd you pick? Again. What'd you pick? Punt and punt return. You got to pick two. I picked uh, pick? punt and and kickoff just because that way I can uh, run, use my speed, yeah, and go yeah. down and make a tackle. Trying to be a missile right quick on that. Yeah, exactly. I see. <laughs> I see. All right. So did you have a welcome to college football moment? Um, if so, kind of walk me through it. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and give you mine. Um, I've told this story on air before. Um, we were running a play called Belly my freshman year. I, I ran the triple option uh, my first two years in college. And uh, we were running a play called Belly, which is where the play side guard pulls up inside, uh, you know, kind of wraps around the C gap. And mm-hmm. uh, I come up in the hole, meet a six foot five outside linebacker, uh, two time All American uh, in the hole. And uh, things go quite dark uh, for the next couple of hours. Um, that was my, hey, Welcome to the damn show. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you have a moment like that, Blake? And if so, kind of walk the audience through it. We always like to hear those. Uh, yeah, I have I have definitely won my freshman year, first game of the year. It wasn't too bad, but uh, it definitely taught me to, you know, have maybe more awareness and keep your head on a swivel. Uh, so uh, we got decleated on a special teams play. Uh, kind like. of, yes. And I was uh, – Freshman year, we played TCU uh, at uh, our home stadium. They, at the time, they were the second-ranked team in the nation. Amazing atmosphere. I, I'm all nervous and jittery. It's my first college football game. of true freshman walk-on out there, running down on kickoff. And uh, I'm kind of more towards the sideline, somebody that, you know, is supposed to use my speed and just get down there. Mm-hmm. And I uh, – we, we kicked up the ball. It was kind of a bad kick in the middle of the field. I'm, you know, running my tail off, and the returner starts coming my way with, like, uh, two lead blockers. A convoy. Had, like, yeah, a convoy. And they were, like, they had, like, they were a type of team that put, like, offensive linemen back there. Oh. And so, like, I'm running down thinking, okay, I got to figure a way, like, to get around these guys or at least, like, cut them down to make the uh, – ball carrier slow his feet up and then a tight end big tight end on tcu came on a nowhere across the field just lit me up uh from the side blind side of me and um i saw it the last like last oh. second to kind of like prepare myself brace myself for it but yeah he took me out and knocked me about four or five yards uh the wrong direction uh and got to the sideline and you know, some of my teammates and then my position coach were laughing. They're like, welcome to college football. Like, yep. keep your uh, – make sure you keep your head on a, a, a swivel. So, um, nah, that, I definitely learned to always, always have love more those stories, the Blake. I always love those stories, and here's why, man. All of us football players, no matter how big and bad you are, no matter how great of a football player you are, uh, no matter what level – uh, everyone's got one of those stories, man. They've all got that story where they maybe uh, weren't quite paying 100% attention, and the next thing you know, uh, they've got an ear hole coming their way. So yeah. that's always one of my favorite things to ask, uh, especially a guy who's been uh, involved so heavily involved in the special teams unit as you have uh, been because that's where m- uh, the bulk and majority of those 
end up coming. So, Blake, as a former walk-on myself, I know there's some pretty damn dark times. Uh, so take me back to the darkest time. Did you ever contemplate changing schools or just giving up on the sport in general, man? Um, from what I've read, uh, your dad, who was also a former DP, DB, excuse me, was pretty tough growing up. Um, but once you got to Minnesota, he assumed more of an encouraging role. Um, so did that kind of help uh, steer you in the correct direction there at Minnesota as well? Yeah, I'd say the hardest time for me was uh, after my sophomore season. Uh, we, I had just got done. Uh, we had just got done with a big bowl game win, a bowl game that as a sophomore I started in. I was our defensive MVP. Uh, you know, as I was boarding the plane from California and San Diego to uh, Minneapolis, I was told to make sure I came back to campus uh, a week or so before the semester starts so I could sign scholarship papers. So I'm, I'm all excited. I, uh, I'm like, I finally reached my goal of, you know, earning a scholarship. And, uh, you know, three days later, uh, after we got home for the bowl game, our entire coaching staff was fired. So I was very unsure if I was going to get the scholarship or not. And on top of that, I had two shoulder surgeries. So I had one, um, you know, right after I got back from the bowl game. And then I had one six weeks later. Uh, so I'm coming back to school, not knowing if I'm going to get a scholarship or not. I am having to go through the process of dealing with two shoulder surgeries. And then on top of all that, I have to get to know all these new faces, mm -hmm. um, uh, get to know these coaches, how they coach, how they run things, because it was completely different. Just how everything was structured, um, how we worked in the weight room, how practice uh, was ran, uh, how meetings were ran. Everything was completely different. And uh, at first it was a big shock. It was a very hard adjustment. I, you know, grinded through it and I end up loving everything about it now. And the change was, um, it was hard, but it's, it's been great. Uh, but I, at first I, I, I didn't get my scholarship and, uh, you know, the new head coach, he had to work through some things. I mean, obviously he, he had just been there for a couple of weeks, so he's you know, trying to get all these things organized and, uh, everything in order. But I was just frustrated because, it's not fun dealing with uh, rehab for any kind of surgery. And then I felt like I was going to have to prove myself again uh, to earn a scholarship. So I was just, you know, dealing with a lack of confidence, a lot of frustration, um, stress. But uh, it's a, one thing that's great for me is I'm not afraid to you know, open my mouth and talk about, you know, whatever it is I'm struggling with. Everyone has those moments in life. And, uh, yeah, my parents, my family, they were somebody that have, have, have always supported me along the way. And, uh, you know, I talk to on a weekly basis, probably a couple times a week, even at school. So, uh, you know, I, I had a lot of long conversations with them. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, my dad is somebody that he's played uh, football and, um, you know, he's somebody that is always supporting me and rooting for me. So uh, he just kind of told me that, you know, your hard work has paid off and it will continue to pay off. You just got to, you know, push through, you know, a little bit of a hard time or adversity and you will be rewarded uh, if you just, you know, stick to what you know and what you've been doing. 
and sure enough, you know, I grinded throughout the semester and it all worked out. So um, in the end, it was great, but it, it just shows that no matter how well things can be going, you're, you're always going to face a little adversity. Absolutely. I tell kids all the time that are going through the high school recruiting process, trying to figure out what college they're going to go to, that, you know, nine times out of ten, whatever school you go to, the moment you enroll, I guarantee you almost everyone outlasts the staff that recruits them, whether it's mm-hmm. your position coach or whether it's the head coach in general. Um, nine times out of ten, again, you'll outlast that guy in his four years. Unless you're going mm-hmm. to someone like Saban or, uh, you know, a Bill Snyder, but even him, you know, guys mm-hmm. who got, got a lot of pull that will never, ever be fired unless they just want to leave or retire, as we saw with Coach Snyder. But that's, I mean, that's kind of the thing, guys. Just outwork and keep working like Blake did. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's all you really can do. Control your efforts and control your attitude. Um, those are really the only two things you can control um, in this athletic world. So uh, your boy Jared Weiler, uh, center there at Minnesota, did a great job of describing you in an interview, saying basically that you give him a lot of problems during practice, or at least you did, um, because of your ability to both not only run through um, blockers but run around them as well. So my question to you is, which do you prefer? Do you prefer using your uh, speed uh, and athleticism to kind of beat uh, blockers to the point of uh, – point of uh, attack or do you uh, necessarily kind of uh, like getting mixed uh, getting in there and mixing it up with the big guys I definitely don't mind getting in there and uh, you know fighting it out in the trenches with the big guys man you ain't gonna be I ain't gonna call you soft if you tell me you'd rather beat them to the point I'm gonna tell you that right now yeah no I'm definitely someone that likes to use my uh, speed and agility and um you know, just get around them if I can, because in my opinion, it's if you can just get around them, it's it, you're able to make the tackle sooner or make the play a lot faster. And uh, you know, one of my my first linebacker coach at Minnesota, uh, who was one of my uh, favorite coaches, um, one of my favorite people I've ever gotten to know in my life, and I still am close with him and his family today. Um, Mike Sherrills, he told me he's like offensive linemen are a lot bigger uh, and stronger than us linebackers, but they're slower. So if you can uh, get around them and make the play, like don't even bother wasting your time getting your hands on them because, um, you know, you, as linebackers, we're trying to get past them and, you know, make TFLs and, um, you know, game-changing tackles. So uh, I'm definitely someone that uh, wants to, you know, just get around them. I like it. It's uh, quick and easy, straight to the point. Um, those are always the linebackers I had the hardest problems uh, blocking. I mean, if you're going to run into me, I win because you, you're yeah. – I mean, that's, that's the way it is, man. If you're going to run into me, let me put my hands on you, I'm going to win. Um, so, Blake, Dwayne Haskins is my quarterback, number one. And not to bring up any bad memories, uh, but he played pretty well against you guys uh, this season. 33 for uh, 44, 412 yards, three scores and no picks. So, yeah. if anyone would know, it would be you. Am I right with my quarterback one evaluation with Dwayne Haskins? Uh, yeah, I think uh, you're spot on. I've, I've always told, pe- told people that this past year he was the uh, best college player that I've we, that we faced my senior year. He's, he's somebody that has a great arm. Uh, he's a smart football player, and uh, he's a, he has the perfect build and structure to be a great pocket passer in uh, the NFL and – he has all the potential of the world to be um, great in the league. So uh, he, he definitely gave us challenges while facing us, but 
uh, it was it was it was a lot of fun to play against talent like that. Most definitely. I mean, I I don't know how much more you can do in a single season um, in terms of quarterback play. Uh, there, what was it like? Fifty-two touchdowns to like six yeah, interceptions. It, Something it was out very of this impressive. World. Yeah. Yeah. So, Blake, I see you're still rocking the hell out of some earrings, uh, and you got to be the lone white boy still pulling it off uh, and doing it really, really well. So, what's the key to pulling off the earrings? And uh, what? <laughs> and what does Pops think about those things, man? Uh, he, uh, Pops doesn't like them, but uh, I actually I always wanted to uh, get them when I was. I think I was like nine years old, uh, but I never did it. I never did it. And then uh, finally in college, I was like, well, it's, it's now or never. So I did it, and I've liked them. I, I, I'm somebody that's big into fashion styles and jewelry, so um, this kind of fits my personality. And uh, Like you said, not a lot of uh, white boys wear them, but I, I think, uh, you know, if you're going to – wear them or uh maybe wear anything that's considered edgy uh for who you are you just gotta you gotta carry yourself with confidence and um rock it loud and proud no you definitely do I mean like I said you pull it off man it's not something that was shocking to me it almost looked natural I had to zoom in a little bit there on the gram just to find them I mean (laughs) they look natural on you I mean it was it you said you were about nine so let's see you're what 23 22 years old that was 22 yeah yeah, so that puts what so that's 13 years ago are we looking at the Backstreet Boys phase was that what it was what Uh, makes you want to put the studs in the ear my man well uh growing up when I was that age I was a big uh Will Smith fan in a 50 cent Oh. And so it just and, and then one of my uncles uh, who uh, was involved in my life, uh, uh, and he was always around. Um, he he had his ears pierced too, so he was somebody I looked up to. So uh, that's probably part of the uh, the reason as well. All right, Fifty Cent fan. So that means you must still have your original copy of Get Rich or Die Trying, correct? I do. I do. That's an OG right there. That's an OG. Um, in terms of the 50 cent love. So uh, last couple questions for you before we get into 510. What did it mean to play for the Gophers, man? Look, you grew up just about 30 minutes uh, west of uh, Minneapolis there in Eden Prairie, uh, Minnesota. You start as a walk-on and then ultimately become a a captain there at Minnesota. Just kind of give me the synopsis of your career and what it meant to play for the Gophers there in your hometown. Uh, My time there was – very, very special, and, you know, it was something that I never expected. The experience I had was amazing because uh, when I went there, I didn't know how my career was going to turn out, and um, I didn't know, um, you know, what kind of player I'd be. But uh, as as I got to develop relationships with um, my teammates and coaches, people that come from all over the country, um and have so many different upbringings and to develop this brotherhood was truly amazing. And I, I confidently say that I'm going to be, you know, best friends with these guys for the rest of my life. And we always joke about, you know, when we all start getting married one day, like how are we going to, you know, narrow down a list or figure out who we're going to invite? Cause we've made so many close relationships. Um, and then, and you know, the other thing about playing at Minnesota, uh, yes, it's very close to home and some, you know, when I've been talking with teams, they may ask me, like, oh, how, how would you deal with going far away from home? And, and it, it's 
I'm somebody that's very open-minded and uh, always looking for a new experience, but to be able to uh, represent the Minnesota Gophers, the, uh, you know, solo division one school for football in Minnesota mm-hmm. uh, and to have all your friends and family uh, right around you to support you along the way, see you grow as not only a person, but a player as well. Uh, and just to, you know, be involved in all the excitement uh, was was very, very special and, and what made playing at Minnesota uh, so much better than if I would have gone uh, somewhere farther away. All right, so a scout analyst or a draft analyst such as myself has to be able uh, to identify uh, every prospect for what they truly are. And uh, mm-hmm. you, Blake, uh, strike me as a Lululemon guy. Am I correct on that one? <laughs> you nailed it. I, I, uh, I do love Lululemon. Did you hear that, NFL GMs? Um, I'm coming for your job because I can spot Blake Cashman as a Lululemon guy. Uh, what the hell are you doing spending $75 on underwear, Blake Cashman? It's First of all, the, their, their clothes are more comfortable than any other clothing brand you're going to buy. And it's, it's like their workout clothes are stylish, and then they got clothes that you can rock like – there, I have a little pair of Lulu pants I can wear with, you know, a, a, a suit coat, and it looks good. Like, you just – you can mix and match so many different clothing for so many different, um, you know, maybe social events or whatever that it's just it's just the perfect brand in my opinion. All right. So, I got to hit you with one real question before we get out of here. Um, and feel free. This is the question you're going to have to answer uh, probably already have uh, when it comes to NFL teams. What do you say to the critics that are worried about your health coming into the league and sustaining that health in the league, Blake? I would, you know, start off by saying that, uh, you know, I'm very healthy right now. I passed all the medical exams at the uh, combines and uh, even like on the visit with the Vikings. So uh, there's no teams that have any concerns, uh, you know, going into it all, but, uh, you know, I'm somebody that's dedicated to, uh, you know, the game and somebody that wants to take full advantage of this opportunity. Uh, so I'm somebody that every day I am doing uh, rehab or workouts designed uh, for uh, where I've had my injuries to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to uh, prevent them from happening again. And on top of it all, like, yeah, I, I had uh, three shoulder surgeries uh, like kind of major injuries, but they never stopped me from playing a game. I never missed a game because of them. And uh, I was still a very productive player. So, uh, you know, I think that just speaks a little bit of, about, you know, how tough I am. As yeah, I was a about to say, and, it speaks straight to your savagery, Blake. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I, I just, I'm, I'm persistent and dedicated to doing whatever it takes to, you know, still on the field yeah all football players got a little something missing in their head um linebackers especially I played with a linebacker (laughs) I played with a linebacker in college that played about seven games with a labrum that was torn about 90 percent in his shoulder so um you guys are rather uh insane in the membrane if you will up there uh from the neck up all right so one thing we always do with our guest here uh when we have time Mr. Cashman we like to play a little five under ten I've got five questions for you. Try to answer them under 10 seconds. Give me the first thing that comes to your mind, all right? You ready? I'll do my best, yes. All right, number one, offensive lineman that rung your bell this past season. Who was it? Where was it? 
I don't know his name, but he played for, for Maryland. They had a big offensive line. He must not have been shit. We don't remember his name. All right, number two, who's winning the Masters, Blake? Tiger Woods. Oh, He's coming cool. back. All right, I like He's that, coming back. You know what? I, last speak time it I checked. In, hey, speak it into existence. Speak it into existence. You know what? I heard a guy on the radio the other day, Blake, say that this would be like, you know, they were trying to compare it to Michael Jordan's, uh, you know, years when he came back with the Wizards. Um, but I heard a, a, a golf analyst say, basically, if Tiger Woods were to win uh, uh, the Masters, it would be like Michael Jordan having won the NBA championship at the age of 53. Uh, so that's what guys are kind of <laughs> everybody in to, America man. wants him to win. I'm telling you, it's so everyone, fascinating to me, man. It's so fascinating to me, Blake. And here's why I was just old enough to remember, uh, the times when, you know, Tiger Woods was winning the U S open by 16 strokes. Um, not a lot of people liked him, man, when he was doing that. And then he has this really humbling public experience, right? And now he's this true underdog story. Um, it really is one of the greatest uh, yeah. American sports stories I think we've ever had um, here uh, in terms of, uh, you know, just storylines in general. All right, next question I got for you. Favorite genre of music, Mr. Cashman? Hip-hop. I figured. I knew it. I told, I told my fiance. I said, he's a hip-hop guy. Um, so who is... Uh, your favorite hip hop artist? Right now, it's Future. All right, all right. I saw that. Did you, I think I saw you uh, visiting a concert recently with Mr. Future. Is that correct? Uh, that was Super Bowl weekend. I, I saw him uh, live, and then uh, for the final four. So you were here in the A, huh? Huh? No, I, that, was, uh, that was that uh, was two Supers ago for when he, uh, he was in Minneapolis, but. Recently, the last person, hip-hop artist I saw was uh, Gunna. Mm. He was in Minneapolis, so, so he's uh, also in my top five, What's the, the uh, What's the homegrown Minnesota rap scene looking like? You guys got any uh, flame spitters up there in Minnesota? Uh, the answer Ali. is no. We got Brother Ali. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what's, uh, one's got to go in these three. Can't have it ever again. Pizza. Wings or burgers? Whew. I figured, yeah, yeah, I was about to say, you can't take the, the, the pizza and wings away, man. I think we no. can live without a burger. Um, if you make a, a chicken sandwich, uh, you know, slutty enough, you might be able to turn it into a nice burger. I mean, we can do yeah, pretty much yeah. anything with a good <laughs> uh, fried chicken sandwich. All right. Number five, last question I've got for you. Uh, your favorite NBA player could be current, past, uh, former, future. Who's your favorite NBA player? Without a doubt, King James. Let's go! Man, I've been waiting for a guest to come on here and show some love to the Kang. Uh, last time I asked this question, I'm not going to tell you who it was, but I got a Kobe Bryant. Um, out of him. Uh, his name was Matt Miller. You should never talk to him. He's from Bleacher <laughs> Report. <laughs> All right, man. That's been our interview with linebacker from Minnesota, Blake Cashman, man. Probably going to be a day two, early day three selection. Um, that's probably what you've been told, Blake. Um, I'm hoping it's as early day two as possible. Really, really thin linebacker class, and uh, I've got Mr. Cashman sitting number three on my big board. Blake, I really enjoyed your film, man, and I enjoyed this conversation way, way more. I appreciate you for stopping by here on the NFL Mox podcast, brother. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. No doubt. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.